Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a closer look at the pros and cons of the FDA's recent approval of over-the-counter hearing aids for consumers, and how to know when that's enough or when it's time to see an audiologist. Also this morning, author Karen Slaughter talks about seeing her best-selling thriller Pieces of Her adapted into a successful Netflix series, and returning to that world in the new follow-up novel, Girl Forgotten. And we have details on a full schedule of programs in the month of September for both youth and adults at the Findlay Hancock County Public Library. Sarah, Sarah Clevidence will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Weather Complaint Day today. Weather Complaint day. Speaking of which, um, weather forecast has us uh, warming up here over the next several days. We get into the uh, weekend, we'll be back into those summer-like temperatures, what you would expect with the dog days of summer. But it is not going to be very long, and we are going to start to transition into the cooler weather. I mean, this morning, when I got up and I looked uh, at the temperature, it said 60 degrees. I go, wow, that's pretty close to... Lows in the 50s. By next week, um, we will have uh, overnight lows in the 50s and daytime highs uh, only in the mid-70s, which is great as we come up on the Hancock County Fair next week to wrap up the month and kick off the month of September. But it's just another sign that uh, the seasons are changing. And here before, this raises the question, the reason I bring it up, when do you break out the cooler weather wardrobe um now mind you and i'll i'll say this just to as a as a point of clarification it is always colder here in the studio than at any other place on earth i think (laughs) in the summertime it is the it is the coldest uh, our studio is the coldest room in the building and so even when it's like 90 degrees out uh, i'm wearing long sleeves and well, that because it's it's just chilly in here in the in the studio today. It's actually not so bad, but um, but then as I look at this forecast and I think, at what point do you go long sleeves or even heaven forbid sweaters? I know just temperatures in the upper fifties uh, overnight, probably not sweater weather, but before too long, you know, we're going to be getting there. So weather complaint day, and by the way. My other thing, and I've often said this, uh, you can only complain one season out of the year. Weather complaint day. Now, you can pick whatever season you like. For me, it's winter. I would complain to no end about having to uh, go out early in the morning in the freezing cold, shoveling snow. I just hate it. But you will never hear me complain about it being too hot in the summertime. Because you can't have it both ways. Um... It's just, you can't. So you can only complain one season out of the year. Pick a season, complain about it, that's fine, but stick with that season. Be consistent. (laughs) Don't be one of those people who are never satisfied. Weather complaint day today, can opener day, which doesn't seem like much, but think about where we would be without the can opener. You know that the uh, can opener was actually invented after... uh, food stored in cans canned food came before the can opener so how did they get it out they would use like a a knife to cut open the can that was very dangerous and so somebody came up with the brilliant idea of creating a can opener you would think they would have done that first but national knife day national waffle day national peach pie day it is shooting star day and pluto demoted day (laughs) so remembering Remembering our good friend, the dwarf planet Pluto, out there deep in the solar system, all by its lonesome. So, here's uh, something interesting. Uh, If you want to live longer, they say move to Hawaii. Recent report from the CDC shows life expectancy fluctuates from one state to the next. And the highest life expectancy of all of the 50 states plus the District of Columbia, Hawaii. Uh, Hawaiians had the uh, highest life expectancy, followed by Washington, Minnesota, 
uh, the top three on the list. The bottom three, Mississippi, West Virginia, and Louisiana. So, uh, in Hawaii, a person there will live, on average, nine years longer than a Mississippian at the bottom of the list. So, it's not an insignificant difference. Uh, Nine years longer uh, of a lifespan in Hawaii versus Mississippi. Differences in lifestyle could be a contributing factor. And women still do tend to outlive men by an average of five years. But those are the top and bottom states. Hawaii, uh, Washington State, and Minnesota at the top. Mississippi, West Virginia, and Louisiana at the bottom. In case you're wondering, Ohio ranks 38th of the 50 states and Washington, D.C., with a life expectancy of 75.3 years. Ohio sits two spots lower than Michigan at 76 years even in Michigan. So make of that what you will for what it's worth. It was kind of interesting. Um, you know, there are those places. Hawaii is actually one of those places for me. Great place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. I mean, Hawaii, okay, you may live longer, but after a while, living on Hawaii uh, is a little bit boring, frankly. I mean, it's a wonderful place. It's a beautiful place, beautiful beaches, and you know, wonderful weather, and uh, all of that. But it is 3,000 miles away from anything. I mean, think about that. I mean, it's like a three, four-hour plane ride to go anywhere. So after you've done all there is to do on the islands, there's really not a whole lot left. And uh, so it can get rather monotonous, I, I would think, uh, living on the Hawaiian islands. So speaking of places you'd want to visit but wouldn't want to live there, uh, there is a, a new ranking out of the top locations for the happiest holiday. Uh, of the year. If you want to go on vacation and have a happy holiday, where do you go? According to this ranking, the top international destination for the happiest holiday, the happiest vacation, Bali, Indonesia, which is, again, absolutely gorgeous. Would love to visit, wouldn't necessarily want to live there, but Bali, Indonesia, number one nationally. Las Vegas is number two of all of the international vacation destinations. New Orleans, number three, Barcelona, Spain, number four, and Amsterdam in the Netherlands, number five. So the U.S., uh, pretty well represented with uh, two of the top five. Uh, San Francisco ranks number eight. Interestingly, Vancouver is the only Canadian destination in the top ten at number seven. So those are the international locations, the happiest holiday. Now, if you want to narrow that down, say you don't want to go to Indonesia, um, that's a little you know, far away, a little too exotic, maybe a little too pricey. I'm going to stay a little closer to home. The top happiest North American destinations dominated by the United States, although there are a couple of Canadian locations here. Las Vegas, number one, which makes sense because it's uh, among the, what is number two internationally, so it makes sense it'd be number one uh, in North America. New Orleans, number two, Vancouver is number three, San Francisco, number four, and then you have uh, Washington, D.C. as number five, the happiest holiday destinations. They looked at a number of metrics and, you know, cost of of the vacation and uh, the cost of getting to the destination, cost of, you know, dining and, and everything, accommodations and such when you get to the destination, Things to do and, and all of that. So, I mean, they took a lot of metrics into uh, into play there. Washington, D.C. comes in at number five in the North American list. L.A., number six. Portland, number seven. Toronto, eighth. Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is a beautiful place, is uh, number nine. And Nashville, uh, rounding out the top ten. So, how many of those places have you been to? It's kind of interesting. The happiest holiday destinations uh, globally and in North America. Um, speaking of travel, when you travel, do you buy souvenirs? I know some people are big on, on buying souvenirs. I've never felt the need to buy souvenirs from a location that is, you know, I take photographs and things like that. And that is enough for me, but some people 
will get souvenirs of all of the places that they have visited. Well, this is a little unusual in terms of the types of souvenirs. Um, Victoria Rose is a cyberpunk fan and world traveler who says she gets a tattoo from every country she visits. (laughs) She gets a new tattoo. And going one step further, she lets the tattoo artist pick the design. Ooh, that's brave. Victoria Rose is her name. She chronicles her travels and her ink on TikTok under the name at Tori, Tori Botton, Tori Bot, Tori, uh, Tori Robotton. Okay. Uh, Anyway, she uh, chronicles her travels and her tattoos on TikTok. Most recently, she received a dragon tattoo on her left leg to commemorate her trip to South Korea. Uh, She says this is one of the most painful (laughs) she's done, but it's but it's worth it. She says it is so beautiful. She says she's lost count of how many tattoos she has. So, no, that's a little extreme for me, but uh, but whatever. And by the way, speaking of uh, travel, crazy story. Did you hear about this? Um, Two uh, pilots on an Ethiopian Airlines flight. Um. There's a Boeing 737 headed to Ethiopia. I'm not sure where uh, they were coming from. I was thinking it was a uh, location like in North America. Was it like coming from Toronto or something like that? Uh, Flying into Ethiopia. And uh, apparently they flew past the runway. They were supposed to land and they flew right past the runway. And uh, air traffic control attempted to contact the crew. Uh, Eventually... They uh, landed the plane safely about 25 minutes after they were initially supposed to land. Come to find out, the pilots apparently had fallen asleep. (laughs) They they were in the cockpit and they just dozed off. And it was only an alarm sounding in the cockpit of the plane, which uh, woke them up. And they were able to circle back around and uh, land safely 25 minutes later. Ethiopian Airlines has not confirmed or denied the report that the pilots fell asleep but an investigation is pending that is the the word that pilots fell asleep on board the 737 i understand i mean you know the uh you know planes are pretty sophisticated these days they can kind of fly themselves but you don't want to encourage that you really do need a real live uh conscious human being just to make sure that everything uh is uh is going smoothly but uh I guess this is what can happen. You set the uh, set the autopilot, and you're on a long flight. I guess it can happen. That's crazy. How would you like to be a passenger, only to come fi- come find out later <laughs> that the pilots were asleep? <clears throat> Disconcerting. Anyway, uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies, expected again today with a high of 84. It'll be mostly clear tonight, a low of 63. Nearly 100 Ohio law enforcement agencies were involved and dozens of people arrested in a statewide human trafficking sting operation. This operation resulted in the arrests of 35 Johns who were allegedly seeking to buy sex and 21 people seeking to buy sex from minors. The investigation targeted human trafficking with a series of stings and involved police agencies in the Columbus, Lancaster, Dayton, Akron, Cleveland, Marietta, and Portsmouth areas. Kate Burdett, ONN News. Local agencies will be holding an overdose awareness event in Finley. The educational event will be held on Friday in the atrium of the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Narcan will be available at the event. And Gary Bright with Hancock Public Health says the more Narcan kits they give out, the fewer fatal overdoses they see. And then the higher chance that those folks who get revived will have at least the opportunity to get into treatment and recovery. He points out that while Narcan can rapidly reverse an overdose, it's still important to call 911 because that opioid is still in the person's system. Get more on the upcoming awareness event on the website. Hundreds of thousands of dollars was raised in Columbus at a dinner and auction put on by the Foundation, a collective nonprofit that pays Ohio State athletes to work with local charities. It's all possible because of name, image, and likeness deals that players can now legally arrange. 
Athletes attended the event, as did OSU coaches Ryan Day and Chris Holtman. It's great to see the support of so many people, and I think Ohio State's, you know, better position than almost any anywhere else in the country in terms of the city of Columbus, Buckeye Nation, and the brand that Ohio State offers. Dave James, I went in news. Hancock County Family Services and Ohio Means Jobs Hancock County are reminding people about the school clothing program. Applications can be picked up in the lobby at Ohio Means Jobs off of County Road 140 in Finley. A $250 voucher is available for each eligible child in the household ages 5 to 18. Remember, you can always get more news online at WFIN.com. Well, we were mentioning this a a few days ago. Uh, Earlier this month, the FDA released its final rule allowing consumers with mild to moderate hearing loss to purchase certain types of hearing hearing aids, hearing devices, over-the-counter. Some 38 million Americans report having some degree of hearing loss, and this is aimed at making uh, these uh, devices more accessible and more affordable. And joining us this morning are Dr. Thomas Powers, audiologist and industry consultant, and Kate Carr, president of the Hearing Industries Association, to talk a little bit more uh, about this. So this is... Uh, as we were mentioning the other day, this is not unlike the way reading glasses are available over the counter for those with mild vision issues, right? It's the same idea here. Well, it, yeah, it is the same idea. Um, the, the main difference, I think, is that with with readers, uh, you know, we we can certainly correct your vision pretty quickly. Hearing is a little more complicated process in, in terms of being able to just uh, you know put something on and, and ensure that we see as as we hear, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, but yes, uh, these over-the-counter devices are intended to provide people with perceived mild to moderate hearing loss, and perceived is the key word. Um, and, you know, most people underestimate their hearing loss. So uh, we want to make sure that if you go this route, that uh, you know what your hearing loss is. So one of our recommendations is that you see a a professional, at least for a basic hearing test, uh, so you know, you know what your loss is, and it's not just earwax in and, your ear. And and that's uh, really what we want to kind of touch on and get into here as we uh, take a closer look at this, because uh, there are a lot of folks uh, who say that there are uh, some risks uh, along with uh, certainly uh, some benefits to to making these uh, devices more accessible, more affordable, and so on. But there are risks associated, as you were kind of alluding to. Yeah, I think the, uh, the the main one really is is if you're if you're not really sure your hearing loss, and most people you know have have difficulty um, trying to understand really how difficult their hearing loss is, and in most cases you know are somewhat in denial. Um, you, you usually do okay with with a mild to moderate hearing loss. You do okay in fairly quiet environments, and then really have have difficulty and struggle in background noise. So, you know, finding out exactly uh, where your loss is, because again, the, the, the rule says perceived and the rule is very clear that there's, there's no requirement or, or for a professional to be involved in this OTC process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't go see one. I mean, they're not, they're not prohibiting you from doing that, right. but, but you can't make that a, manda- a mandatory part of this process if you're going to increase access. So, um, you know, going and, and having someone give you that test, take a look in your ears, make sure that you don't, you know, have, have uh, earwax and recommend a device that's appropriate so that if you do spend some money on on over-the-counter devices or or prescriptive device it's a device that's appropriate for you and your hearing loss and your listening needs so let's talk a little bit about uh that role of a, a hearing professional an audiologist an ear doctor uh and and how an evaluation would work, why it's important to uh, to get uh, a, a, a screening or get tested, how long this takes. Give uh, folks, because again, uh, a lot of this is speaking to those who maybe have either never uh, had their hearing checked or it's been quite a uh, quite a while. Yeah, many of us, uh, it, it could be elementary school. Last time we went down to the nurse and put those headphones on and, and uh, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> raised our hand when we heard the beeps. So, uh, so the, the process, is, <laughs> the process is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple. Um, you can, you know, find a, an audiologist or, or ENT or hearing specialist in your area. If you're not sure where to find one, uh, we have one on, on our website, hearing.org. You can find a professional, there's a professional link there, but, uh, the process is pretty simple. They'll, they'll take
take a, a little bit of time to understand where your difficulties are, take a look inside your ears to make sure there isn't wax and, and something blocking it. And then the test is listening to tones and pressing a button and then repeating back some sentences and words in both quiet and noise so that we, we can understand where you're having difficulty. You know, if it's a mild loss, you might have 100% in quiet and you may only get 50 or 60% in, in a noisy environment. That'll tell us exactly where your difficulties are and, and what type of and what signal processing you need in the device. So, so I think it's important to know yeah, so, what, what, you, what your loss is as yeah. opposed to... So, yeah. so again, uh, equating that uh, to the vision issues, you could, use, you could need a very specific type of uh, hearing aid or hearing device uh, just like, uh, you know, different types of, of glasses to address certain, because I think there's this perception that a hearing aid is what it is and it's one size fits all. And Kate, let me bring you into this. Uh, one of the, it's been pointed out that one of the things that, uh, has held people back, uh, is not just the question of affordability, although that's a big one, but also uh, a perception of what hearing aids are. And it's maybe very different than what people actually think. There are a couple of things that hold people back. And, and you're right. Some people believe that the technology hasn't advanced from big, bulky, clunky devices that they saw their grandfather use yeah. many, many, many years ago. The devices today are sleek. Um, they're comfortable. They're made to be worn for 16, 18 hours a day without recharging. Um, they... Some have batteries, some are rechargeable. Um, the Depending upon the type of device, and you've made some comparisons to glasses, but this comparison is to cars. You can get a very basic car at a lower price mm. or a very premium car at a really high price. There's a variability in prices associated with hearing aids, and a lot of that has to do with the technology and a person's needs. If they have um, a, a lower hearing loss and just need some help when they're in a noisy background or they want the convenience of streaming, answering a phone, those are available for basic devices. But if you're looking for more technology, artificial intelligence is incorporated into hearing devices hmm. now, and you have a lot of options um, on how what a hearing aid can do. Your ear really is... Um, it, it it looks into your whole body, for example. So there are fault there are um, fault detectors, um, lots of new things that wow. are coming out as we see innovation will continue. But the other issue, um, in addition to affordability and a perception about poor technology, is the stigma associated with aging. That hearing aids will make you look old, even though we see. AirPods and um, and earbuds and there's yeah. such a fact of life and they're certainly um, not hidden uh, as hidden as a behind the ear hearing aid can be. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. Uh, and and so much of again as we relate to glasses, that's one of the things that keep people from getting glasses too. I know that's for me. It was one of those things. That, oh my goodness, I'm getting old. But this is uh, beyond that. And obviously, we know people of of all ages will need this. And and again, let's talk about the uh, importance of one way or the other addressing a hearing issue because there are some pretty significant risks of ignoring uh, hearing loss. Yeah, those are, are, are the ones that we feel are, are really very important. Uh, there's been a lot of, of data uh, lately on the impact of untreated hearing loss. Uh, you have increased risk of, of dementia, um, social isolation. People tend to withdraw, of course, when they can't engage in conversations. Um, people, you know, increased risk for depression. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of what we call comorbidities or, or co-associated issues that come along with untreated hearing loss. Um, there was an article a few years ago that, that untreated hearing loss uh, was somewhere between 8 to 10% of the manageable and, and uh, 
issues surrounding your health, if you treat your hearing loss, um, you can decrease your risk for a number of different issues. And, and you know, almost 10% is, is a lot when you consider all of the things that you could be. I mean, there's hundreds of them and hearing loss is pretty, it's number two or three on the list. Yeah. So um, treating your hearing loss is not just, not just about treating your hearing loss. In many ways, it, it's also you know, I don't want to say treating your family, but treating your family to something very positive, and that is your ability to re-engage and re-communicate, if yeah. you will, uh, with family and friends. So, again, something to keep in mind that, uh, yes, that uh, making these devices uh, available over-the-counter uh, may provide some very significant benefits uh, to a number of people, but it is not a panacea uh, for a full hearing exam, and so we want to balance the uh, benefits and the risks here. Uh, Again, Dr. Thomas Powers is an audiologist, uh, industry consultant, Kate Carr, president of the Hearing Industries Association. You mentioned the website where uh, folks can get more information so they can help sort all of this out with this new rule. You can visit our website at hearing.org. You'll find links to find a professional. You'll find information about hearing health, uh, a good solid explanation about hearing aids um, and opportunities that exist today. Uh, the over-the-counter products, um, while we do see direct-to-consumer sales and you've been able to buy hearing aids online for many, many years, this is opening up a new category of hearing aids as determined by the FDA, and they'll be available um, starting sometime uh, in mid-October. All right, very good. We'll have that link up at our webpage. Thank you both for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Have a great day. Well, fans of author Karen Slaughter may be familiar with her bestseller, Pieces of Her. And if you didn't read it, you might have seen the Netflix adaptation that was a number one show on that platform when it came out. Well, now her new mystery thriller returns to that world. It's called Girl Forgotten. So, Karen, do you consider this a sequel per se? Well, I think you said it best when you said it's in the world of Pieces of Her because it does have a present-day narrator who is Andrea Oliver, We met her back in pieces of her, but now she's a newly minted U.S. Marshal. But part of the story also takes place back in 1982. Uh, It's in a small coastal town in Maryland, and there's a young girl named Emily Vaughn who uh, has a, a terrible thing happen to her, a crime committed against her. And we catch up with the case 40 years later. It's still unsolved, and Andrea has an ulterior motive for looking into the case. So it's, I would imagine it's kind of nice to have such a successful lead-in for this new book, not only a previous bestseller to set the stage, but also a top Netflix series. Yeah, and you know, it was such a pleasure working with Netflix and the producers on that show. They really understood the characters, and they wanted to capture the spirit of the book. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of rare to have all those things come together at the same time. And any any show with Tony Collette is guaranteed to be fantastic. <laughs> she was absolutely wonderful in it. Uh, so I couldn't be happier with what they did. You know, I, I was going to ask you about that, uh, whether you were kind of surprised at how quickly that caught on uh, with fans and how successful that was, because I often wonder uh, how authors, you know, when they're approached about turning their books uh, into movies or TV series, uh, if you think in the back of your mind, gee, I don't know whether this is going to translate well to the screen. You know, it's absolutely something that authors think about. We all get phone calls around times of publication from Hollywood, and sometimes they say crazy things, like I write about books in Georgia, and they'll say, well, what if we put it in Serbia? Or, you know, what if we made everybody an alien? I mean, they're really crazy ideas. But I will tell you that the producers really understood who these women are. Um, they, they've produced other series like Big Little Lies and The Undoing and Nine Perfect Strangers. So they really get to the heart of stories about women, uh, written by women, and I was just incredibly pleased with what they brought to the screen. What what attracts you about these types of uh, of stories, these mystery thrillers? Is that is that what you are a fan, a fan of or uh, have read in the past, or you know what drew you to this type of story? I grew up reading Agatha Christie and Patricia Highsmith, and I love a really well-plotted mystery. And that's why when I write my books, I try to make extra careful, pay extra careful attention to the plot 
so that it makes sense and it holds up together and the characters are making believable choices because that puzzle-solving uh, aspect, I think, is a big draw for a lot of readers. It's certainly something I love. It's also one of the things that probably lends itself well to uh, adaptations on the screen because the characters are so believable. And, you know, cycling back to that question. Yeah, you know, they feel very believable to me when I write them. I see them as actual people. And so, you know, you always want to be careful when you're a writer to make sure that you're giving equal balance to plot and character. Uh, because if you sacrifice one for the other, the mm. book's just not going to work. And especially when it's translated into some, a visual medium like streaming, you want to make sure that the the characters are doing things that are interesting and moving the story along. You are also known as a writer who incorporates uh, social issues into your work, and I would imagine that's also a delicate balance when you try to incorporate that uh, along with keeping up the pace uh, of a thriller uh, narrative and, and so on. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be precious about it, though, because if it's not working in the story, then it doesn't belong in there. Yeah. But crime fiction has a long history of writing about those social issues. I mean, you can go back to the early first novel uh, written in America that was considered a crime novel. It was written by a woman called Meta Fuller Victor, and uh, it's called The Dead Letter. And she was talking about society and what crime does that changes communities and individuals in sometimes a very negative way. And speaking of issues that you are passionate about, I, I wanted to bring this up, uh, your work with the Save the Libraries Project. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I'm really proud of the organization. It's a private foundation. To date, we've given away uh, around half a million dollars to library systems worldwide. And what we do is we say, here's the money, do whatever you need, fix the toilet, start a reading circle, you know, whatever keeps the library open. And now more than ever, I think it's so important that we give kids valuable skills through reading. You know, children tend to be very selfish, but if they read a book about a kid living in a different place or having a different culture or a different type of family, then it opens up their minds to the greater world and gives them an understanding that there's more to life than how they think and how they behave. And, and that's one of the main reasons why I support the library so ardently, because we need children to grow up to be critical thinkers. And how cool is that, that, you know, the, the funding is uh, available uh, with no strings attached, because, you know, who knows what those needs might be to, like you said, just keep the doors open. Yeah, you know, one library couldn't open because they they had a problem with their elevator. They couldn't hmm. pay for the part to fix the elevator, and we were able to do that so that they could be accessible to people with disabilities and to older people who maybe couldn't climb the stairs. So that kind of thing, I think, is a very important thing to invest in. It's just making sure the physical structure welcomes everyone. And sometimes those are the things that kind of go overlooked. So really cool stuff. So again, uh, Karen Slaughter with us. The uh, new book is called Girl Forgotten. So is is this going to be, uh, we're going to see this on the, on the screen in the uh, future too? I hope so, but, uh, you know, only time will tell. <laughs> it is uh, out now, and you have a website where folks can learn more uh, about the book and uh, about all of your works. Absolutely, and I'm on social media, uh, and the book's available in independent bookstores or online retailers. Karen Slaughter, thanks very much for taking the time. Certainly, uh, best wishes for continued success. Thank you. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. So we've all had bad dreams from time to time, right? You ever had a bad dream? And have you ever uh, woken up and, and realized that you had done, you had actually done something uh, in conjunction with your dream and thought, wow, that is, uh, that is crazy. Well, you talk about bad dreams. This is a real nightmare. A man in Ghana, don't have his name, and I'm not sure that I would want to have his name, um, <laughs> had, a, uh, had a dream. He uh, was dreaming about 
uh, preparing a meal for his family, which doesn't seem like that would be a nightmare, but it turned into one because when he woke up, uh, he found himself <laughs> with holding a knife and uh, laying in a pool of blood and in some extreme pain. Apparently, uh, during his dream about preparing some meat, a uh, meal for his uh, family, he took his knife and cut off his own, you know. Oh! Ouch! Uh, after he woke up, he began to scream for help. Neighbors came in to rush uh, to help him. He was uh, stabilized at a local hospital and will now require surgery to fix the uh, <clears throat> severed area. Wow, that's now that's that's a nightmare right there. <clears throat> I didn't even know what to say. Say something like that. Whew, man. Uh, moving. I'm in pain just thinking about that. I just uh, move on. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, this from uh, Oakland, California, where police. You remember the uh, story. Uh, that we had in the news just a couple of weeks ago about the couple at uh, Cedar Point who were getting jiggy with it on the uh, big uh, on the big Ferris wheel. Well, police in Oakland are investigating a, a possible intimate act between two fans at a professional baseball game. <laughs> TMZ reports that uh, the couple are accused of uh, <clears throat> you know during Sunday's Oakland A's game. At Ring Central Coliseum, another fan apparently noticed the couple at the top row of the upper deck. I mean, you're in the top row of the upper deck. Everybody's looking down on the field. Nobody should be looking at you anyway, right? You should have some modicum of privacy, I would think. <laughs> but no. <laughs> uh, the fan who uh, noticed the couple getting busy in the top row of the upper deck then posted a video of the pair on Twitter. <laughs> And uh, then it just blew up from there. A police spokesperson says authorities were notified after the game and are looking into the matter. No arrests have as yet been made, but the couple could face up to six months in jail if convicted. (laughs) Um, You know, I understand when the mood strikes. (laughs) I get it, but there are some places where it's probably not a good idea. Uh, Let's see here. Speaking of uh, stories about couples in the broken news, in celebration of their one-year wedding anniversary back in July, New York newlyweds Jessica Johnston, age 29, and her husband Dom, age 34, decided to take a trip that they they would never forget. I mean, for an anniversary, take a dream vacation or something like that? Well, this isn't exactly a dream vacation. Uh, rather than book an overpriced flight during the, one of the most chaotic travel summers on record or waste money on expensive Ubers, uh, take a chance on a restaurant battling it out with inflation and staff shortages and all of that, why go through all of that hassle? Instead, the couple rented a U-Haul pickup, <laughs> rented a pickup truck from U-Haul for nineteen ninety-five, and went tailgating at the local drive-in. <laughs> Uh, They posted about their quote-unquote dream date online, and it went viral. Um, Ms. Johnston, who works for a small coffee shop, posted video of the couple's cheap date night uh, anniversary celebration, racking up 1.4 million views on TikTok. She said, my husband and I are always looking for unique out-of-the-box date ideas. Um, So we thought... Renting a U-Haul, grabbing some snacks, and catching a double movie marathon at the drive-in theater would be a really fun way to spend our first wedding anniversary. (laughs) Well, kudos. I mean, if they're happy with that, but I would would say that's probably not uh, the best way to spring. Don't spring that on your uh, significant other. Following their footsteps. Hey, honey, I've got a great idea for for our first wedding anniversary. We're going to rent a U-Haul and go to the drive-in. I don't know too many people that would be uh, all enthused about that. But, hey, if it works for you, great. This is a cheap date night. I I will give you that. Uh, Certainly cost-effective, that's uh, for sure. Elsewhere, uh, this also from the uh, international file. (laughs) Hey, this is embarrassing. A man in Japan had to 
turned to social media for help when he found himself locked inside of a store after closing time. Uh, apparently, he had fallen asleep in a massage chair, <laughs> and nobody noticed. The staff apparently did not notice that the man was still in the chair when they closed up for the day. I don't know if you've ever uh, sat in one of those massage chairs. It's certainly understandable how you would fall asleep, and it's very comfortable, and all of that is very relaxing. But that's uh, that's a little much. Uh, the uh, the man woke up and posted photos of the dark and empty shop on Twitter, uh, which then caught fire on social media. Somebody let police know, and they got in touch with the shop's manager. Once they determined the man was not a criminal, he wasn't there to rob the place, uh, they let him leave, and all was well. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing. <clears> hmm. <throat> I just fell asleep. It was so comfortable, I fell asleep. I can't believe that nobody noticed. I mean, what did they think? It was like a mannequin uh, there in the... I guess if he was asleep, he was sound asleep and, you know, just very still. Maybe they thought it was just a mannequin or something. I don't know. And finally, in the broken news this morning, this is really weird. Uh, The nation of Brazil now has a very special... Uh, item in commemoration of the Portuguese king who declared the South American country's independence from Portugal 200 years ago. Now you think about this, there is a, a long tradition in the United States uh, in, in honor of their, what, the centennial, they, uh, we got the Statue of Liberty from France. It was a gift from France. And nations will do that. They will gift things to other nations as a sign of goodwill and and all of that, like the Statue of Liberty. Well, in this uh, case, it's something a a bit unusual. Um, In honor of the Portuguese king who declared Brazil independent from Portugal 200 years ago, uh, President uh, Jair Bolsonaro on Tuesday was presented the embalmed heart of the king that... Proclaimed Brazil's independence. The embalmed heart of the king. It's been kept in formaldehyde in a glass jar inside a gold urn. Uh, it was... <laughs> I kid you not. This was the gift that they re- received, and this was a big deal. It was an elaborate ceremony at the presidential palace in Brasilia. The heart arrived at the palace in an open Rolls Royce flanked by a mounted color guard as Air Force jets flew past. (laughs) Did no one think that this is just weird and creepy and just very bizarre? Uh, Tuesday marked the start of Brazil's bicentennial celebrations. The heart of King Dom Pedro I is being loaned to Brazil for three weeks to be displayed as part of the Independence Anniversary Celebrations. Hey, kids, let's go see the embalmed heart of the king that creates... No. No. I have no interest whatsoever. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news. Uh, whew, man. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. It's a Mountain West Big Ten matchup Saturday afternoon as college football returns on WFIN. The Illinois Fighting Illini hosts the Wyoming Cowboys. Ninth-year head coach Craig Bowl has the Cowboys coming off a 7-6 and six season, while the Fighting Illini were 5-7 and seven in 2021 and are led by second-year head coach Brett Bielema. Join us for all the action from Memorial Stadium in Champaign. Saturday afternoon at 3.30, 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. After a drop-off during the height of the pandemic, the National Institutes of Health this week says that there was an explosion in the use of marijuana and hallucinogens in 2021. Now, part of that is probably not necessarily surprising. After all, it is legal to, you know, recreational marijuana use is legal in 19 states, legal for medicinal use in 17 more states. But still, it is a bit alarming. According to the NIH's uh, annual study, use of both marijuana and hallucinogens reached the highest levels ever recorded since the study began monitoring them in 1988. 11% of young adults, these would be young adults between the ages of 19 and 30, 
11% said that they use marijuana daily compared to 8% who said so in 2016 and 6% in 2011. Uh, And 43% said that they use marijuana in the past year. Uh, As for hallucinogens, 8% of young adults reported using hallucinogens uh, such as LSD, shrooms, or PCP in 2021. By comparison, in 2011, only 3% reported having used such substances in the past year. Alcohol remains the most popular substance to abuse for subjects in this study, again, ages 19 to 30. Binge drinking making a rebound after COVID-2020, where it observed to be at a historic low. In fact, what the agency labels high-intensity drinking, that is, having 10 or more drinks in a row at some point in the past two weeks, reached its highest level ever recorded since first measured in 2005. Also from the study, vaping nicotine also bounced back. Uh, In 2020, that had dropped significantly, and the CDC had done sort of a victory lap about that, but that appears to be somewhat premature. The good sign in the report is that cigarette smoking and opioid use both declined in the past year, and uh, so that is good news, but overall... Uh, Some very concerning statistics in this latest report from the National Institutes of Health. Sarah Clevidence is here from the Findlay Hancock County Public Library to tell us what's happening in the month of September. Details on a full schedule of programs for both youth and adults. Uh, As we were saying before we went on uh, here, August was a little uh, slow. Everybody kind of recovering from the excitement of Summer Read and all of that. <laughs> Absolutely. We had uh, over 1,400 people participate in Summer Read this year. So, so that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of people. You need a little time to recharge. We I guess, do, anyways. yes. <laughs> a little time for planning and, and preparation for what's coming next. So looking ahead uh, as we head towards September, which is hard to believe that we're already talking back to school in the month of September and all of that, what's going on? Well, story times uh, will resume in the fall. Uh, September 13th will be the first regular story time session. Uh, we've got at the end of the month for families, uh, no carved pumpkin decorating. That program always fills up quickly. So I know fall seems maybe like it's uh, a little far away yet. Yeah. But you'll want to well, get... Well, hey, pumpkin spice everything is starting to hit the store shelves. So well, we're that's starting true. to think pumpkins. That's true. And yes. uh, that, is a, that is something that you need to sign up in advance for? You will need to register for a spot for the, okay. the pumpkin And decorating. how do folks do that? On our website, finleylibrary.org. Okay. Uh, there's a calendar link up at the top of the page, and you can get the details on all of these programs and more there. All right. Very good. So make sure you sign up. That is coming up at the end of September. That is the end of September. But you want to start thinking about it now because, as you said, it, uh, it does fill up uh, quickly. What are some of the other things that are going on? Uh, one of the new things we're going to try in the Children's Department is a mini meetup. Uh, so just an opportunity for children ages birth to 36 months to come in and play with our toys with their their caregiver so a chance to make new friends okay. uh, older siblings are welcome to attend as well uh, we're offering two of those in, in the month of september okay what are the dates on those those are on uh, september 12th that's a monday at 6 p.m okay and then september uh 14th at 10 a.m okay so again circle those on your calendar I, this is perfect for those uh, families who have a little one at home, older brothers and sisters, maybe heading back to school. And so they're a little out of sorts. Like you said, you meet some new friends and uh, it's a, a great day for mom or dad uh, to have a little help with the uh, Absolutely. They were too. cleaning out the toy closet in preparation yesterday. And oh boy, <laughs> there's some fun stuff in there. <laughs> All right. So we'll look forward to uh, look forward to that. Uh, also, uh, some anything else for the, the youth that we want to highlight? Lots of great things for youth, but I'll okay. let you check our calendar, finleylibrary.org. Okay, very good. Uh, what about on the adult side of things? Uh, we have Sean Gaskell coming back on September 8th at 6 p.m. Uh, he visited at the library Pre-pandemic, uh, he talks about the West African Kora, which is a 21-string harp. It was a very popular program when he was here before, so hmm. we're excited to bring him back again. I don't know that I have ever uh, seen one of those. It's a sounds like a very unusual instrument. Yeah, he'll do a performance and, and also an informational session about okay. the instrument. Be uh, very interesting. Uh, anything else uh, to uh, highlight for the adults? Absolutely. We have um, something new that we're doing this month is online connectivity assistance. This is in cooperation with... Um, the Ohio Department of Education, their management council, uh, will have an, onla- an Ohio connectivity champion uh, 
from the Department of Education on hand four different times this month. Uh, they can talk about uh, the Affordable Connectivity Program, help folks get signed up for that, as well as some local programs available uh, to access affordable devices and training on the North Star Digital Literacy Program. That is important not only for adults who, I mean, connectivity now, at one point that was maybe something that was a bit of a luxury. Now it is a necessity in today's world. So much of what you need to do is online. Yeah, and uh, not only for adults and work-related stuff, but certainly, again, as we're talking about back to school uh, with the kids, uh, if they're not connected, then that is a huge handicap. Absolutely. My daughter will be going back in in two weeks, and we discussed uh, this morning that she doesn't have as many binders this year because so much of what she's doing in her classroom work is on her Chromebook. (laughs) She doesn't have a trapper keeper? She doesn't have a trapper keeper. No, I know. Those were so fun. What is the world coming to? Don't Uh, worry. There was still plenty of fun pencils on her shopping list. Okay. Well, that's that's good. But you you do have to, you know, uh, get her a trapper keeper just, you know, for old time's sake. Well, we actually had to get a fun cover for her Chromebook that makes it look like a composition notebook. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's actually kind of cool. So, and, and... while we're on the subject uh, of uh, back to school, I mean, obviously the library, a terrific resource uh, for all of uh, the kids' studies. It really is. I would argue your most important school supply is your library card. And yeah. September is National Library Card Sign-Up Month. So it's a, if you don't have a card, it's a great time to come sign up. If you haven't been in in a while, come see what you're missing. Absolutely. Um, and I know during the uh, pandemic, uh, you launched the program with the digital library cards. That's still available? Still available, yes. So. You can sign up online to get a digital card and then access all of our online resources from home. Uh, and, and there are plenty of them, oh, more, more than what people would realize. I know we've talked about this in the past, but we haven't uh, mentioned it in a while. I guess it would be uh, worth mentioning. Sure. Again, especially we're talking about connectivity and, and getting people connected. What can I do online? Absolutely. Well, all kinds of research databases You know, for the students who are doing reports or or adults who want informative information, make sure they have accurate information on any topic they might be interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's lots of fun stuff too. You know, if you want to learn how to do a new craft, uh, there's, there's a database for that. If you're taking a foreign language this year and you want a little extra practice, uh, there's a couple of databases that can help you with that. Mango and Transparent Languages Online can give you some extra back and forth uh, practice with speaking and, and reading and writing the language that would really give you a boost in your uh, first Spanish or French class. Sure. Um, and again, those resources in addition to everything that is physically available at the library. Absolutely. FinleyLibrary.org, uh, all accessible with your library card. And uh, anything else that we uh, need to hit and make sure people are aware of as we're coming up in the month of September? Uh, well, I would just mention uh, we're still accepting applications for our local author fair. Uh, so Author Fest will take place with ArtWalk uh, first Friday in November are a local author and would like to showcase your work we'd love to have you okay uh and again all of the information is online all available finleylibrary.org okay we've got a link up to that on our webpage, so check that out again uh, sarah clevidence with the finley hancock county public library with us this morning talking a full schedule of uh, programs in september for both youth and adults and sarah thanks very much for dropping by thank you And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net, where you can also connect with us on social media. Contact us directly via email if you like. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Again, goodmornings.net. Till tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, Going out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.